The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Christmas season is um, such an amazing and joyful um, season. If you were here yesterday, if you were here at the carol service yesterday, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you missed the carol service, say amen. amen. Oh. <laughs> well, you could, I mean, try and catch it online. I mean, and that, that will help you on the YouTube channel. It, it was such a fantastic time. We were, I mean, joyful, singing, rejoicing. And, and the season of Christmas is, is charged with so much celebration. And last week we looked at the first, the very first Christmas. And we looked at the lives of the people in the very first Christmas and how God blessed them and how they positioned themselves for God's blessings. And sometimes when we look at all the joy in Christmas and all the celebration and all the blessings in Christmas, sometimes we forget the reality of even what the people at the first Christmas experienced. And that is the fact that there was fear during Christmas. Over 2,000 years after today, in our little corners, we have the fears that we wrestle with. Yes, we are celebrating, but the fears exist. Today, in the name of Jesus, God will take away the fears. We're going to look at the lives of the people in the very first Christmas and And look at how God took away their fears. And one of the the hymns we sang yesterday um, um, at the carol service, um, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We're going to sing just the first um, stanza and we'll, we'll take it from there.
today we are going to be looking at fearless Christmas. Fearless Christmas. Fearless Christmas. Because the hopes and fears of all the years are met in Christ on Christmas night. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus came and took away the fears of all the years. So today, God is going to turn your fearful Christmas to a truly cheerful Christmas. In the mighty name of Jesus. So when we look at the lives of key characters in the Christmas story will see the presence of fear. If you look at the, um, one of the main characters, which is Mary, Mary had affairs. Mary had the fear of inadequacy. Mary felt she was inadequate. How can I? Am I good enough? Am I up to the task? Am I man enough? And it's a fear that we all wrestle with. You pray that you get admission into a school, university. You get into the university, am I good enough to pass? You wrestle with it. Okay, you passed. Am I man enough to get a job? You get a job. Oh, am I... going to get married. You get married. Am I going to have children? You have children. Are these children going to kill me? (laughs) They don't kill you. They grow up. (laughs) Oh, am I going to be lonely all my life? I feel so inadequate. So, the fear of inadequacy, Mary felt it. Imagine, the angel said to her, you are going to carry God. You are going to be pregnant with God. How could, I mean, think about it. She would have felt so inadequate. Even talking to her mom, saying to her mom, mom, I'm pregnant. Mom says, you are pregnant? Who is the guy? So we can tell your dad, he can bring out the cutlass. And Mary says, is God. I mean, you have a daughter. She comes and says, Mom, I'm pregnant. And she says, it's the Holy Spirit. What would you say? <laughs> you say, if I count of five, and you don't tell me who the man is, <laughs> that Holy Spirit we have to deliver you today. It's the reality of our time. But when we look at Luke chapter 1, Luke 1, verse 29 to 34, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So the angel said, fear not. Mary was afraid. She had a fear of inadequacy. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. For God has decided to bless you. Do not be afraid, Olufemi Munei. For God has decided to bless you. Do not be afraid, God's favorite house. For God has decided to bless you. 
You may feel inadequate. God is saying to you this morning, don't be afraid, my son. Don't be afraid, my daughter. Don't be afraid. Praise the name of the Lord. And sometimes it could be something that we, we are so used to. Now, we are competent. We know we are competent. But when the chips are down, we feel the pressure of inadequacy. Can I do this? Am I capable of doing this? Am I able to pull this through? And, and God is saying, you will have a son, Mary, and you are to name him Jesus. And he will be the son of God, and his kingdom will never end. Now, listen to Mary's response. Then Mary asked, but how can this be? That is a statement of inadequacy. How? I don't have the capacity to do this. I don't have the means to do this. How can this be? So we see in the first Christmas, the fear of inadequacy was present. If you are feeling inadequate in the Christmas of 2018 years after, know that you are not in a strange situation. The God that said to Mary, fear not, don't be afraid, is saying to you this morning, fear not. And don't be afraid. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. (laughs) Mary had a fear of inadequacy. Joseph faced the fear of disapproval. He faced the fear of disapproval. Imagine Joseph hanging out with with his friends. and, And they said to him, ah. I heard that girl don't get belly. You know, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, um, that is, I heard she's pregnant. Says, yes. Says, ah, now you do the thing. Say, no, ah, no, me, me. Says, ah, what did she talk? She, she talked saying the Holy Ghost. She says it's the Holy Ghost. Says, ah, you believe her? Ah, Omo, that's why MJ appeared to me, oh. I say, make I collect the thing, oh. Dr. Wiggins, sorry. I mean, this is our, you know, our own English. And, and you collect the thing. Ah, what did man go do now? So you'll be moo, moo. <laughs> you'll be swag bear. You'll be what? What's another word? You'll be maga. You'll be what? You'll be what? Otondo. <laughs> You'll be a tondo. <laughs> you know, imagine what Joseph felt. He felt like a fool. He felt the fear of disapproval. In Matthew 1, when, when the, the narration of the story of the birth of Jesus says, now, now this, is the, this is how Jesus was born. Now Jesus was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, a fiance, being a good man and a righteous man, decided to break off the engagement quietly so it would not disgrace Mary publicly. But after he had considered doing this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, fear not. I see that you have 
the fear of disapproval. I see that you have that fear in you. Don't be afraid. Everyone in the Christmas story, apart from Herod, God fear not. Everyone. Don't be afraid. Fear not to take Mary home to be your wife because the child is from God. So the question to you and I this morning is, whose disapproval are you afraid of? Are you still afraid of daddy's disapproval? Are you still afraid of mommy's disapproval? Are you still afraid of your siblings' disapproval? Or you're you are still afraid of your cousin's disapproval? Whose disapproval are you afraid of? And, and for many of us, and particularly this season, because we, are, we want to be accepted, we want to feel among we are afraid of the disapproval of the village people. You know, how can you come to the village? You are coming from Lagos and you didn't come with a bag of money. So because we are afraid of their disapproval, we do things that God will not have us do. How can you say you are coming from Lagos and you are not coming with a new car? So what do you do? How can you say you've been coming from Lagos and you are not coming with a new phone? What do you do? Whose disapproval are you afraid of? God said to Joseph, don't be afraid. He's saying to you this morning, don't be afraid. Or let's choose that question. Um, let's flip it and say it this way. Whose approval are you living for? We all are living for someone's approval. Whose approval are you living for? The only person's approval, really, that we should live for is God's approval. It's God's approval. Why? Because, honestly, there is no one on earth, I've said this before, that you can fully satisfy. You can't fully satisfy any human being on earth. It's impossible. The moment you realize that you have peace of mind, even if you're married, you can't fully satisfy your spouse. You should try, but you will not succeed. Oh, pastor, are you not supposed to be praying that we fully satisfy? Because I know it's not possible. The only person you can fully satisfy is the Holy Spirit. Imagine that. God, the Holy Spirit, is the only person you can fully satisfy because he knows your frailties, he knows your flaws, he knows your limitations, he knows the things that are missing in your life, and he loves you regardless. And the converse is also the case, which is the only person that can fully satisfy you is God. No man can fully satisfy you. No woman can fully satisfy you. It's not possible. No wealth can fully satisfy you. The only person that can fully satisfy you is God. Now, imagine what Joseph would have lost. The greatest opportunity of his life. If he had lived for the approval of men, imagine huge loss. So Mary had the fear of come on, of what inadequacy. Yeah, good, 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 good. I'm proud to be your teacher. Number two, 
Joseph had a fear of, of disapproval. And number three, the shepherds, they had the fear of sudden change. The fear of sudden change. Luke 2, 8 to 10. It says, that night, some shepherds were in the field outside the village, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, I was suddenly. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory flashed and surrounded them. And they were terribly, terribly frightened. So the angel said to them, Fear not. Mary, God fear not. Joseph, God fear not. The shepherds, God fear not. You will get fear not. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes God does what he does. In a way that we don't expect. Sudden change happens. Things happen that we can control. You know, I was saying at the ATM service how, by God's grace, I mean, I've been working with Jesus for 23 years without turning back one day to the glory of God. That's a good thing to celebrate. You celebrate your own work with God too, so it's not that just pastors. No, 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 no. Some of you are working with Jesus longer than I have. Being. So it means that I've known Jesus longer than you. I've known you. I've known Jesus longer than I've known my wife. And Jesus still surprises me. Praise the name of the Lord. So how can you be married to someone for five years? And you are not expecting surprises. You know, speaking to a couple, about three years married. Oh, pastor, we are, this is a marriage made in heaven. We understand each other completely. In fact, we know each other thoroughly. Ah, I say your journey has just started. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Everyone that is married for any period of time, really, these days, will tell you that sudden change happens. Yeah, the reality. And sometimes we are in this kind of season and we, we are faced with sudden change. God is saying to you, like he said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Things are going to be alright. Praise the name of the Lord. So, the, um, Mary had a fear of inadequacies. Joseph had a fear of disapproval. The shepherds had the fear of King Herod faced the fear of losing control. And that's what sometimes many of us struggle with. We don't want to lose control. We want to have control. We want to put everything and hold it tight. In Matthew 2, the story of Herod says Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the time that Herod was the king of the Jews. Then some wise men came from the east to Jerusalem and started asking, where is the child born to be 
the king of the Jews. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this news, he was deeply frightened and disturbed. Herod was deeply frightened and disturbed. And so was everyone in Jerusalem. Herod was deeply frightened and disturbed. Herod was the only one that did not hear, fear not. Because he wasn't aligned with God. He wasn't positioned to be blessed. Like we, we said last week, he wasn't positioned to be blessed. Mary heard, fear not. Joseph heard, fear not. The shepherds heard, fear not. As we are going to see, Zechariah heard, fear not. Herod did not hear, fear not. You have to be positioned to be blessed. And Herod was afraid. And guess what happened to the whole of Jerusalem? The Bible says, and everyone in Jerusalem was afraid. And that's the lesson for us that are leaders here. If you are a leader, you have to be careful how you handle fear. Because when, if you're a parent, your daddy or your mommy, when you are afraid and your children see the fear, they become afraid. They don't even need to know why you're afraid. Why was Jerusalem afraid? What was their fear? Because their king was scared. So everybody was scared. I'm not saying as a leader, you shouldn't be vulnerable or you shouldn't should pretend or anything. No, 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 no. You have to be strong. That's what I'm saying. You have to be strong. You have to know the God that you're serving. You have to, for the sake of the people you're leading, if you are a business leader and you are always fearful, people are going to start resigning. Because they're like, if this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And so we see Herod was a control freak. He was so afraid. He was, in fact, he was a pitiful man. He was so insecure that the fear of control choked him. Herod historically killed his brother-in-law because he heard rumors that his brother-in-law wanted to be king. Herod killed his two sons because he heard rumors that his two sons wanted to be king. Who does that? Which man here? You kill your two sons because your two sons have an ambition of, of running your business one day. Big deal. What else should I be thinking about? <laughs> Replacing you, of course. That's their job. But he killed them. Then this Jesus to be born, he killed thousands of children in that age group of zero to two. Because when did you see the star? How long did it take you to come from the east? It's about two years. He killed two years and below every single one. The fear of losing control was eating him up. There are many people here, the challenge you're facing is your fear of losing control. You're afraid. You're afraid. You just want to be in control. It makes you insecure. In fact, the more you want control, the more insecure you are, the more you want control. 
The more you see that you want control, the more you're becoming insecure. So the more insecure you are, the more controlling you become. The more controlling you become. It happens in every relationship. You have the husband that is super controlling, wants to control everything about his wife, wants to control every single thing. Come on, she's a human being. She has a life. She has a free will. Give her a break. Says, no, I'm your husband. You have to breathe me. That's an insecure man. We have women that are insecure. The man cannot just look outside of the window. Who are you looking at? I kid you not, I kid you not, I kid you not. I was in a car one day, long time ago, very long time ago. I was in a car one day, I was at the back, husband and wife are in front. You know, I was just minding my business, you know, and, and the man was driving. And I mean, to me, the man just, you know, took a glance and face, his wife, the wife flared up. Pastor, can you see? He's looking again. He's looking. I said, Pastor, did you see who you saw? I said, I didn't see you. <laughs> I see nothing. I see nothing. Come on. The man is just driving. He's just checking the signs. <laughs> it is that girl she's looking at. Say, I don't know, madam. I don't know. When you're married to a man that is insecure, you are in trouble. But when you are married to a woman that is insecure, you are in big trouble. <laughs> you are in big and mega trouble. So, Pastor, are you not being uh, uh, partial? I mean, why do you say trouble and big trouble? Because women always uh, amplify things for you. They say, if you give her a house, a, a house, she gives you a home. If you give her groceries, she will give you a meal. If you give her a sperm, she will give you a child. If you give her trouble, she will give you wahala. <laughs> Big, you multiply, incubate, multiply everything and dash you back. And if you give her peace, you have what? You have harmony. Mary had the fear of inadequacy. God said to her, Fear not. Joseph had the fear of. God said to him, Fear not. The shepherds had the fear of God said to them. Herod had the fear of God said to him. Fear still. <laughs> Keep fearing. Because he wasn't aligned with God. I pray that today you will be aligned with God. And you will hear fear not. And everyone struggling with insecurity and losing control, you will hear God saying, fear not. Amen. Number five, 
Zechariah, as part of the Christmas story, was faced with the fear of being disappointed. He and Elizabeth's wife, they've tried and tried and tried to have children to the point that they gave up. They just completely, completely gave up. And saying, look, if we don't have children, we'll still serve God. So it was at a service post in Luke 1, 11, Luke 1, 11 to 13. It was at the service post while serving in the temple. An angel appeared to Zechariah. When he saw the angel, he was confused and overwhelmed with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. In fact, uh, um, Zechariah was so filled with the fear of being disappointed that he doubted so much, God had to shut his mouth. He's like, God, I've served you. I am not praying again for a child. Don't come here and deceive me. Look, I, whether you give me a child or not, I'm your boy. I'm going to serve you. But God says, you're going to have a child. He was filled with that fear of disappointment. And some of us, we are like, okay, here comes another year going. We have a few more days. At the beginning of the year, they told us it's the year of uh, new streams, you know. Pastor, don't tell us anything in 2019. Don't say it's the year of eternity. Because we are happy <laughs> to be in God's house. We are happy Sometimes we fear being disappointed so much that we don't even want to hear God's voice again. We don't want to hear God's counsel again. We don't want to hear God's promises again. Like the woman of, of Shunem, the, the wealthy woman of Shunem and Elisha, I mean, this woman had been good to Elisha, fed him, built a, an apartment for him, you know, made his life comfortable. And Elisha knew that everyone reached poor, middle class, young, old, has a need that if heaven does not meet, remains unmet. Everybody has a need that if heaven does not meet, remains unmet. So Elisha said to her, Madam, what do you want? The woman says to Elisha, nothing. I don't need anything. I don't need connections. I don't need prayers. I don't need... I, God has been good to me, and I will serve him till I see him. Elisha said to himself, perhaps, I said, how can? There is no one that doesn't need anything. So he sent his, his um, servant, Elisha, the Tatafo. You know what Tatafo is? You know? He knows what's happening everywhere. So he said to Elisha, uh, to Gehazi, you know, what do they need? Ah, Gehazi said, oh, God, let me tell you. They don't get picking. They don't have a child. And Elisha said, okay. Called the woman. The woman came. And Elisha said, by this time next year, you will have a son. What did the woman do? When a man of God says to you, by this time next year, you have a son, what should the woman do? She should rejoice. But what did she do? She says, don't lie to me. 
she was afraid of being disappointed. I, I, I will serve God anyway. I don't need you to tell me this is God's promise for me. I don't need to tell. Look, Elisha said to her, whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, you will come with a boy next year. I pray that you get to a place where God's blessings will overtake you. That's what it means to overtake. Overtake means to catch up and, 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 and get ahead of you. That you cannot dodge God's blessing. A place where if you run as fast as you can, the blessings will catch up and overtake you. If you turn as fast as you can, the blessings will turn and overtake you. In the mighty name of Jesus. That is the place to be. So we see that God said, fear not to Mary, fear not to Joseph, fear not to the shepherds, fear not to Zechariah, but he didn't say fear not to, to Herod. But he handled the fear anyway. So the question is, how can I overcome? How do I defeat these fears? Four things quickly and we, go, and we close. Number one, how do I defeat these fears? The first thing, like Mary, I surrender my life completely to God every day. Like Mary, I surrender my life completely to God every day. Luke 1, 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to accept, now listen to this, whatever God wants for my life. I am willing to accept whatever God wants for my life. When you get to a point in your life and you can say, I am willing to accept Whatever God wants for my life, fear can have no place in that life. Because you become fearless. I'm willing to accept whatever God wants. Not whatever my parents want, if it's not God's will. Not whatever my friends want, if it's not God's will. Not whatever my siblings want, if it's not God's will. Not whatever I want, if it's not God's will. Whatever God wants. I'm willing to accept whatever God's want. And it's a huge statement. Huge. Are you willing to accept whatever God wants? You know, I shared the story of when we started pastoring. Initially, when my pastor said to me, hey, go and start a church. I'm like, how? <laughs> I've not been to a Bible college. You know, I've, I mean, even today, I mean, I say to people, I spent only two days in, in Bible school. I'm a Bible college dropout. I didn't, I didn't make it past two days. How can I, how can these things be? Go outside the church. So I wrestled with it to the, when I, to the point at which I got to where Mary got to and said, the scripture again. I am willing to accept whatever God wants for my life. So at that time, embraced it. I thank God, thank God I did. Thank God we did. When, when we resigned from that um, place of pastoring and felt 
it's time to move on. And we did. One of the options before me was to go to back to school and, and do a PhD and all that. You know? And I felt that God was saying to me, come back and start a church, God's favorite house. I was like, ah, honestly, it may not look like, but I was scared. When I told someone I was scared, it was like, Pastor, can you be scared? You, do you even know what fear is? I do. I do. But I know how to handle it. That's just the difference. So, um, I had a plan. And the plan was, I'm going to tell my wife, and when I tell her, because of what we have been through in pastoral ministry, I was almost sure she was not going to agree. So I can go back to God and say, can you see? Except to agree. You know? <laughs> you know? And I went, I told my wife, hey, this is the plan. Oh, no, this is the plan. This is what I feel God is saying. You know, I was expecting her to freak out. And she got up and she started dancing. I'm like, I'm like, why are you dancing? Are you okay? Are you in shock? Is it, is it, you know, when people are in shock, you know, the psychology says they behave, you know, erratically, you know, I mean, and all that. She says, no, she says, I mean, she's just been, I mean, obviously God has laid on her heart and she's wondering, when will this man get up and do what God has called him to do, you know? So I said to her, I mean, since you are this excited, I mean, where are we going to start from? Does that sound like a man that was that will add a lot of it? Of course not. Say, so where are we going to start from? This is ground zero. We left everything. We didn't take a piece of paper. And she said, where did the other church start from? I said, in our living room with seven people. She said, we will start from our living room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we are today. I mean, if we didn't start, you won't be here today. I won't be here today. <laughs> no one will be here today. <laughs> maybe a hotel will be built here, maybe. I don't know. If we didn't, I don't know. Whatever. But the point is this. You'll be glad you followed God. In Job, Job 11, 12 to 17, it says, Surrender your heart to God, turn to him in prayer, then you will be confident and fearless. Confident and fearless. So I need to surrender my life completely to God every day. That's the first thing I need to do. The second thing I need to do to defeat and overcome my fears is I need to stop listening to the voices of fear. I need to stop listening to the voices of fear. 2019 is an election year for Nigeria. You know, so there's going to be a lot of propaganda, exaggerations, hyping up of woes. This party will say this party is the devil. This party will say this party is the devil. The new party will say all of them are the devil. You know, yeah. And we are in trouble if nothing happens. I mean, so you need to be careful 
what you listen to. So that you don't become paranoid. You need to be careful and who you listen to. I'm not saying that we, I mean, I'm denying reality in any way. No, I'm just saying that you cannot afford to be listening to the voices of fear. You can't. You can have the people in your life, but you don't listen to the affairs. You can. I was in a flight with some senior um, guy. He's a pastor, but he's like, you know, he's been in ministry years before us, so it's like Egbon, you know, Egbon is big brother in ministry to me. And, you know, so he came to my seat, and he said, oh, Pastor Fans, that's, 2019 will be hot. You know, so I was, I was listening. And I was like, have, have, have you bought your ticket? You and your family. Since he has bought his ticket. Like shipping his family out of the country. Until March, until they know that uh, the coast is, is clear. You know. I said, so, so what are you going to do? I said, I will pray. Say, hey, you pray, hey, but uh, you need to buy your ticket. Now, again, I love him, but I'm not going to take his advice. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? God's voice? Or? See, Pastor, we have to be wise, though. If God says, move, then move. But if God hasn't said so, don't. Praise the Lord. Shut off. Because everything that is not of faith, the Bible says it's a sin. Romans 14. Romans 14. Yeah, 23. It says, whatever is not based on faith is a sin. You cannot walk in fear and walk in faith at the same time. You cannot. You cannot. You have to be ready to face the ridicule. Again, back to the story, Mary's story. Imagine she now hanging out with her friends, the girls, and, you know, girls talk deeper than boys, probably, you know. So she's like, they're like, ah, Mary, you don't preg. Says, ah, that's what we see how. <laughs> So you are Joseph, don't they? Uh, say, no, 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 no. If I tell you what happened, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the Father. Say, yeah, tell us how that one happened. You know, girls want to know. Tell us how that one happened. Joseph, Mary will say, the Holy Spirit came over me. The power of the highest. And I became pregnant. Now, listen, there is no way the natural girl would say a word of encouragement. The natural girl would yab her. You see, <laughs> I don't want to say some things. <laughs> but you know, Mary, if she had hung out with her friends, if there was anything like abortion, then perhaps you would have attempted it. But what, what, what did Mary do? What did the parents of Mary do? They did what parents do today. 
when the teenage girl gets pregnant, the sheep are to the village, or the sheep are to an uncle that is far away, that is not in the community, right? So what did they do? They carried Mary to Elizabeth's house. And as Mary got to Elizabeth's house, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, six months pregnant, leaped for joy. And there was such an intense connection between Mary and Elizabeth. You are pregnant with the destiny God has put in you. You need to surround yourself with people that when you come in contact with them, that baby in you will leap for joy and there will be some real connection. Not with people that will talk down the baby you are carrying. You need people that will speak life to the baby you are carrying. And I'm not saying physical baby. It could be a dream. It could be a vision. It could be an idea that you've been incubating. You just surround yourself with people that are fired up like you are. So, we see that the first thing is you completely, you completely do what? Surrender my life to Jesus. I completely surrender my life to Jesus. The second thing is I stop listening to the voices of fear. Number three, I sing of God's goodness. I sing of God's goodness. And all these things are in the Bible. They're in the Christmas story. I sing of God's goodness. In Luke 1, 46 to 56, then Mary sang, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit praise his name. That's why they got the first two parts of that song. From. From. Could not hold him captive, even in the grave. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. She sang and she wrote a song. She sang. And many songs that we sing today have come out from this song of Mary. When you praise God, God draws near to you. In fact, the word of God says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you praise God, God is near. And when God is near, you lose your fears. When God is near, you lose your fears. You lose your fears. The antidote to panic is praise. The antidote to worry is what? Worship. It is said popularly that praise is the cure for panic. 
that worship is the cure uh, for worry. So if you, if you are worrying, you are not worshiping. If you are panicking, you are not praising. If you are praising, you cannot be panicking. If you are worshiping, you cannot be worrying. The two cannot coexist. It's impossible. So Mary sang everyone that got through their fears in the first Christmas. They had a song. Mary sang. The shepherds sang. Zechariah sang. Elizabeth sang. The only person that didn't sing is who? Is Herod. You're like, but pastor, Joseph didn't sing. Joseph sang with Mary. If your wife composes a song, you're going to sing it together. <laughs> they sang it together. So Mary and Joseph sang. That's the reference. Elizabeth sang. In fact, the Bible says Elizabeth screamed. She shouted aloud. Our song was not worship. It's the, as in coolness of, of the song that is what we call worship. The angels sang. The shepherds sang. Zechariah sang. Herod didn't have a song. You will have a song. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, it's, it's not an accident that Christmas is the most song-filled season of the year. See the number of songs that was written in the first Christmas. That's why a lot of Christmas carols, listen, a lot of songs even now have been released from heaven. Christmas, a beautiful time of the year. So number one, I completely surrender to, to God daily. Number two, I shut off the voice of Fear number three, I come on good. And number four, I base my hope on God's promises. I base my hope on God's promises, not on how I feel, not on how the economy pans out. I base my hope on God's, poly, of, on God's promises. I base my hopes on God's promises. Where's your hope? My brother, where's your hope? This morning, my sister, is your hope? Is it in your bank account? Is it? Is it? Where's your hope? I base my hope on the promises of God. You know, if you have um, a, what do you call it, comprehensive insurance cover for your car, you know, and you've read through the policy document and it covers everything to full replacement of, of the vehicle and um, And a color guy comes and 
bashes your car. You don't hold your head and say, oh, I'm, oh what, will I, what will I do? Do you? You just exchange insurance numbers, if he has. Even if he doesn't have, it doesn't matter to you because, <laughs> you know, the Okada doesn't have insurance, pastor. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter to you because you are covered. You are covered. The insurance company will pay fully for it. I'm here to announce to you that your life is covered. The insurance policy of God's promises covers for you. It does. Base your life on God's promises. In Luke 1, Elizabeth said something that is huge to Mary. Verse 45, Luke 1, 45. It says, Elizabeth said to Mary, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord will do what he said. Question, do you believe that the Lord will do what he said? Then you are blessed. David puts it this way. He says, if I trust God, my fear goes. If I have fear, I have to trust God. Psalm 56 56, verse 34, it says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in God. And when I trust in God, I am not afraid. I praise him for what he has promised. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in, in God. I completely surrender to him. I don't listen to the voices of fear. I sing of his goodness. But guess what? And when I trust in him, my fear goes. I'm no longer afraid because I praise him for what he has promised me. Where is your trust this morning? Really? God wants you to put your trust in him, in his promises. What he has said concerning you, that's where your trust should be. Why? Because Jesus came to take care of your fears, to fulfill your hopes and mine. Like the song we sang at the beginning, the Carol. And we said that the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all the years are met. Sing it again.
while the music goes on, let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Is it the fear of inadequacy this morning? Is it the fear of disapproval that you face? Is it the fear of sudden change or the fear of losing control? You are insecure. Is it the fear of being disappointed? Talk to God. Talk to God. Remember, my brother, you need to surrender completely to him. The only person that did not hear fear not was an arrogant king. The only person that did not have a song was an arrogant Herod. Are you going to be like Mary? Or are you going to be like Herod? You're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to completely surrender my life to Jesus. I have never given my life to Jesus. Or I used to be born again. I want to come back to Christ. I want to pray with you. Are you saying, Pastor, should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray together. Quickly, can I put up your hand? Put up your hand. Well, shoot it up. God bless you. Put it up over, over your head. Over your head. Over your head. God bless you. God bless you for that hand. God bless you for that hand. I see that hand. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Right there. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me. I have never given my life to Jesus. I want to come to him. If your online instructions are scrolling. The hopes and fears. The hopes and Thank you for your kindness. We pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today, Lord. According to your word, draw them unto yourself. Cleanse them. Change their lives. Let your name be glorified. With every one of us here, Lord, as we've gathered in this place, we ask that the grace to hear you say, Fear not, that your fear not will saturate our beings. Lord, give us that grace, Lord. Put a song in our mouths. Like Mary, like Joseph. Like the shepherds, like Zechariah. Don't let us be arrogant like Aaron. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory will be given to you. Honor and glory will be given to you, Father. Honor and glory will be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for his kindness.